and welcome back to Away Days at Home. Today we have our usual co-star, Andy, how are you doing? <laughs> yeah, very good, thanks. I, I don't yeah. know how, what, what introduction, I, like, I don't know where this is going. Um, yeah, I wonder, I wonder where this one was going, but um, yeah, it was, it was quite, quite a... I should make them more elaborate, shouldn't I? I should make them really elaborate every week. Yeah, maybe start. like a US game show. Yeah, maybe we can get... Our US listeners, looking at the analytics, I broke them down a little bit further. I say I broke them down. <laughs> Literally, like, um, by country, United States, we have 67% of our American listeners are in Washington. And I don't know if that's state or D.C. 17% mm. in Florida, apparently, and 17% in California. Oh, that's a mixed so, bag. So I'm like, that's kind of weird. So, like, by all means... US listeners, please drop us a tweet at Away Days Pod or use Anchor or Spotify to leave us a question or even just say hello and tell us what you want me to introduce Andy as next week. That's fair enough. <laughs> Get me uh, shout out. In, intrig- intrigued as to what that might be. I'm kind of hoping that all these American listeners are like ex-Premier League players. They're probably not, but we can only hope. That would, yeah. There's some there's some crackers out there, even now. There was one. Is it is it Liam Ridgewell? Did he? Is he still out there? He went. I, I saw a clip the day of him talking about how he ended up at like the Portland Timbers and how he had no idea where it was, but he was in Vegas and his agent was like, "You can jump on a flight and be there in an hour and a half." <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "Right, I'll go and look." That was it. That's how he ended up in the MLS. That's mad. No, I think he, I think he I think he came home from there. He ended up I don't know maybe in the championship. He's or got something. a cracking moustache now. <laughs> like he's got like a, a, a like a dandy like curling I don't know what's going on with it but it's quite it's quite fetching um, how you doing <laughs> how's things yeah all good here um yeah just uh, another 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 week in Norway and it's getting colder um it's definitely getting colder <laughs> uh walked out this morning it was about three degrees so that was a that was a real treat but i'm prepared for it i've gone through one winter here so i can i can get through many more um but yeah it's um all, all good all to work with a bit of a skip in my step after saints winning on the weekend so uh, yes we will we will we will come on to that that's only taking me two minutes and 40 seconds to get to yeah I'll I'll, well, welcome, I'll, we will come on to the first two minutes and 39 <laughs> We will come on to that. Um, I nearly, I, you jumped in though by saying that. You, I was going to make a joke about the three degrees and when will I see you again? <laughs> but Oh, there anyway, would have been a great you know, joke. You know, it was there. Um, but a uh, great result for you guys at the weekend. And I've realised like the usual ramble on for any new listeners. Away days at home. It's me, myself, David and Andy. I'm in London. Andy's in Oslo. I love the Glasgow Rangers. He loves the Southampton FC. And we like to talk about our team a lot. We also enjoy bashing other Prem teams and Scottish Premiership teams. And we are also fantastic at predictions and analysis because <laughs> no matter what we say, it's always right. Yeah. <laughs> and again, um... again this weekend, we we are, we were put in our place yet again. Um, yeah, we're, we're pretty much uh, kickstarting people's careers, people's seasons. Uh, we're turning things around for teams. I think we need to start maybe trying to go in the other direction. If we can claim that like Liverpool are on for an invincible season, maybe, and just watch, watch them crumble next weekend. 
that's too that, maybe that's, that's our power that's too easy i feel it's like we should we should look at a team and go right who's a player who do we want to be the next uh meet you who, want, who do we want to go on a fantastic <laughs> run and then and Probably then Shane Duffy. Like, as we see that happening well Shane Duffy's kind of went quiet the last couple of weeks see since we started talking about his goal scoring kept clean sheets though kept clean sheets but the head the the the, the giant frying pan he'd has kind of stopped the goals <laughs> at the moment. Um, where do we want to start? Shall we do... Last week we did a lot of Prem. Shall we get the fantastic Scottish Premiership out of the way? Yeah, um, let's do it. Some interesting interesting score lines, I think, uh, this weekend. Definitely. Before we come on to my lot, um, Celtic got another away win. 2-0. That's all I know. That's all I know. Yep, that's him. Um, apparently that's, that's him going to win the league now, 100%. Um, <laughs> they're up. To, I think they're up to fourth, maybe. Yeah. Um, but the big, the big kind of shock result was Dundee United, who spanked Hibs at Easter Road three 0 Yeah, that sort of came out of nowhere, didn't it? Well, Dundee United have been playing. They've kind of just been. I think the Hearts and Hibs hype has kind of let them just kind of rumble under the the surface, and they've had they've been with it. They've had some controversy, which not on their part. Um. Where one of the players was abused by a Ross County fan, and the Dundee United manager ran up. I think it was at like full time, maybe. I think it was half time, but I think it was full time. Ran up to the Ross County fans and held up a t shirt with the show racism, the red card. Um, but I don't know if you know who the Ross County manager is. I have no idea. It's that well known man of the people, fighter of all ill, um, Malky Mackay. <laughs> and as you may know, the Malky Mackay um, background around his sacking from Cardiff and stuff was because yeah. he's a bit of a racist bastard, um, allegedly. According allegedly. To messages. Always allegedly. important to say is allegedly. Allegedly. Although we've all seen the transcripts. Yep. Um, and so then he came out after the game, now granted us a few weeks back, and said it feels like this was premeditated. Where did they get the T-shirt from? <laughs> not really the not really the the crux of the matter, the, the the main topic, but he came out and said that. So um their manager's Thomas Courts, Tam Courts. Um he was previ- he's been at the club, I think he kinda worked through the club, but I know that he managed Kelty Hearts, which is like a I don't know if they're Highland or Lowland, I should know that, but a smaller team who then after he left, Barry Ferguson took over. They won promotion last season. And then he left to take over at Aloha and Kevin Thompson, ex of Rangers and Hibs and Middlesbrough, very good midfielder. Um, he was at Rangers as a coach, a youth coach. He took over as Kelty Hearts manager, um, where he won manager of the month, I believe, last month. Um, they're doing really well. So the guy, Tam Courts, he's kind of, he's only 39, seems to have something about him. Did well at Kelty Hearts, went there, worked his way up. So I think I'm going to pull up the league table now. I should really be better prepared. We should have this build up. Um, I think Dundee United are like third now, aren't they? I'm pretty sure they moved ahead of Hearts. Yeah, not Hearts. Third. Hibs so, winning that game. So they are the four points ahead of Hibs, one hmm. point ahead of Celtic. They're on 17. Their record so far. Oh, I hate when they fucking do this. Home and away split. Like. SPFL man <laughs> I refuse to call it the cinch premiership 
which the SPFL account tried to make a thing this week where it was like a meme and they were like, can't wait for the cinch to be back. Fuck off. Absolutely. <laughs> like, did you guys ever go, oh, can't wait for the Barclays to be back on this weekend? No. 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 It's, it's not a thing. We're not going to make it happen. And that's not because of the ongoing court case with Rangers and Cinch and the SPFL. Um, <laughs> but I Dundee United, so they're, doing, they're playing well. So it was a shock. It was a shock to me, but it was only upon seeing that result that I went, fuck, actually, they've been a sleeper. They've just kind of been picking up the points and going well. Um, another, I don't know if it's a shock, Dundee beat Aberdeen. So they've still, I don't think Aberdeen have won a game yet this season. Oh, they've won they're one. in a shocking season, aren't they, they Aberdeen? Won. Oh, they're having a, they're ninth in the table, but they're, they're dire. And as I said last week, watching them against Celtic, I don't know what they're trying to do, the type of football they're trying to play or what. I don't know if it's a case of a manager coming in with a philosophy and trying to play a philosophy with fucking players that just aren't they good enough. Like we have Rangers have had it where a manager came in and tried to play a certain way and even the players are like, Can I play that way? Like that's not how we play. Um so they're Who's really the manager sh- at Aberdeen? Stephen Glass, ex of Newcastle. Remember, I think I said last week he was at Atlantic United. Oh, Atlantic yeah, United. Yeah. Um, so it's just, it's no really taken um, at all. Speaking about Malky Mackay, they get beat, Ross County get beat 3 2 off St. Mirren at home. So they're sitting bottom of the table with three points. Um, that Dundee win lifted them up above them. Um, Livingston went away to St. Johnston, beat them 3 0. St. Johnson are not the team of last season because they sold their best players for absolute peanuts. Their two best players, like ridiculous. Even like every fan in Scotland was like, "What the what the fuck are you doing selling like like another midfielders who is a Northern Ireland international really good? His name's escaped me right now. Come back to me. Um, one point one million. You like against Galatasaray? He was a standout. Do you know what I mean? You're like, what are you yeah. doing? How desperate are you for the money? But at the same time, just say no. If he's that good, <laughs> people will pay more. Um, but I'm kind of scutting around fucking everything else. Um, Rangers won, Hearts won. Best first half we've had this season. Started the game really well, really positive, good play, good interchange. I meant to talk about him last week. John Lundstrom is not Joey Barton, thank God. Um, <laughs> he's he's found his position, and his position is basically Steve Davis's position. So it means Steve Davis can get a rest, because like no fifty-seven year old should be playing that amount of football. He's very true. He's he's still he's still got the legs of a thirty-five year old. Though. He's still honestly like he's still got the engine and stuff. But Lundstrom's came in at number six role, been great, been really good, been man of the match the last few games and stuff for us. So. He got the goal for us. It was looking like one of those days for Alfie where it just wasn't happening and it so it continued the entire game. So Lundstrom stepped up just after I'd said to my brother, you know, it's really annoying. We never hit shots for like 18, 20 yards. You never see Rangers score like a goal into the top corner or anything like that. It's always like the 10, 12-yard box. Um, and Lundstrom stepped up and just curled one 20 yards out. Um, it was a not, it was a nice finish. I, 
Like looking at it, I wondered if the keeper could have got a bit closer. Um, he gets his fingertips to it. Yeah, and he pulled up some know. really good saves through the game as well. The keeper, like I counted at least three or four, like really decent saves. Um, so he's, well, he's probably kept the minute a bit. He's still, yeah. I mean, talk, talking of fifty-four-year-olds, I know. I mean, I think he's he's 30, in some 39. shape. Like, yeah, still doing it. Scotland number one still. Um, and then speaking of fucking goalies, then McGregor's just fucking. <laughs> he's had a stinker, isn't he? He's, he kept us in the game at points, so, and then he make, made a mistake. But she, I think every Rangers fan <laughs> full time is like, we can't say fuck all, because um, he was outstanding last season. Yeah. I wonder. I just worry that maybe he's shown his age a wee bit now, and it can happen quick. But it just the constant. Look, I don't even know what he was trying to do with the clearance where he's punched it and it's went in the air. Oh. and it's a free header at the back post as well. It's just. Comedy errors. Um, Gerard made subs early, and they were the wrong subs, and it killed the game for us. Like it just, Bakuna. There's an article in the Athletic about Bakuna, about how basically he's, he's not a high press kind of midfielder or whatever. And they brought him on, 60, 60 odd minutes. He came on, and he fucking never done a. He, he played some good balls through. Don't get me wrong, mm. but he was a bit of a luxury. But you're carrying him. We can't carry him. Um, so it was frustrating. A lot of the a lot of the flags fell on Alfie because he should have scored a bit free. Um, I don't even. It, was, really it felt like one of those off. games. It, it felt like you could have played another ninety minutes and just not hit the back of the net. Well, that's. I was thinking that when Lindstrom scored, I was like, "Thank fuck," because mm. we're not getting the ball in the net from six yards. Do you know what I mean? So. I'm looking. I'm. I pulled up the the live commentary on the like text, and it's like attempt missed, attempt missed, attempt missed. <laughs> like, yeah, Alfredo, Alfredo, and I'm like, oh god. Um, so it was disappointing, but positive signs were. We're starting to. We seem to. The team seems to. The movements there. The new players know where to go. We kind of have more of an idea, of what we need to do. Um, we've obviously got the game on Thursday. Ron, we need to win. Have to win at home. Have to win it. Yeah, um, so must win that one, isn't it? Yeah. So that's that's the positives I'll take from it. Um, the negatives being just it was frustrating. I would have took Alfie off. It was clear clear for everybody to see. It was just not his day. Um, and I would have played either Sakala to stretch them, or I would have put Kamar just straight through. And then like, taking Hadji off again. I don't understand. Hadji was playing really well. Um. So, disappointing, but it's like I was saying last week, a draw is a defeat for us. We're still top of the league, you know? Yeah, yeah it's points true. Clear. Um, it's just frustrating, because if we'd kicked on, kicked on a little bit, if we'd got that win, the fact it was in like the 91st, 92nd minute they scored, really pissed me off, because um, we, were, we were looking good for it. Um, but that that's really it. Hearts... Hearts when they they came on to a game in the second half because we let them into it. They're a good side. They got really good players. Um, Not looking bad for a newly well. promoted team. They've bought experience as well. Like they've yeah. got Gary Mackay Stevens. They've got Barry Mackay up. They've got. Um, I'm going to attempt to pronounce his name, and I said it in the first one of our first podcasts. Benny Benegemi. Banning Gimme. Benegemi. I don't know. 
Clive Tilsley was struggling with him as well, so it's not just me. <laughs> um, he's been a great pickup. They've picked up from Everton for, on a three-year deal. He'll make hmm. them money. Um, but yeah, overall, just really disappointing. Um, so that's the kind of the football roundup. The other thing is the uh, I think I texted you this on Friday. The absolute storm in a teacup of absolute shite about we released our 150th anniversary strip on Thursday. It's an old white number, an off-center like button bit. It's basically the same as like the first ever strip that they get the founding fathers of the club. The gallant pioneers, as they're called, um, put together. And there was a musical background to it, which is basically Slip B. John. Beach Boys, but we sing a song. Four lads had a dream, and it's all about the history of these four guys creating the club, and then how we're still going. Um, and so they used that as the background music. Fine, lovely video. And then it, what it had to be coordinated because at like quarter past ten on Twitter on Friday, numerous well-known non-Rangers supporting accounts started tweeting out about this horrible attack Rangers Football Club is making on the um, Irish community and the Catholic community in Scotland um, by using the the tune of the Famine song, which is a, a song about basically the Irish to go home after the famine, an anti-Irish song. That Rangers fans, to their discredit, used to sing a fair while ago. Speak to my brother about it. We don't know, we don't even know the words. Well, that's how well-known it is to us. I'm sure there are some assholes that do know the words, and that there were some assholes that sang it recently and got arrested, as they should. Um, but it was quite clear for everybody involved that, that the four lads had their dream was the soundtrack to the video. Um, and so it kicked up a fucking big storm in Scotland for a day. Um, I was going to say, because there was, there was a lot of... Uh, like news and and uh, you know press through sort of Twitter and and that kind of thing on the day, but did it kind of blow over from? Yeah, from because it afterwards? was because it was pretty clear it was just an attack. It was an attack yeah, on the okay. club. It wasn't. It wasn't true. Um, I was going to say because if it was a, if there was anything kind of sort of seriously truthful within it, you'd, you'd think something would be done about it. You can literally go on YouTube and type in "Four Lads Out of Room" and you can see. How popular that song's been amongst the mm. fans. Um, they've got there's a video of Marvin Andrews in March in his car that he done of him singing the whole song <laughs> in his Rangers top like that because we were about to win the league. Um, and it's a song that we really like. Like, and if anything, the club has had its issues. We spoke about it earlier in the season with Kyogo mm-hmm. and stuff as well. Uh, and the club comes down very hard on it. And I, I would say the majority of the fan base. Like, 95, 96% of the fan base hate all this shit. We're tired of it. We just don't want the association for the few idiots that will do something. Um, and so the club, in response to it, just tweeted out the video again with in little music things. Four lads had a dream yeah. because of that. And so it, it was disappointing more so because people that jumped on it, Michael Stewart, the fucking failed trialist we call him because he got a trial at Rangers and even when we were skint he was still shouting up that we wouldn't sign him <laughs> um, I think Craig Levine signed him once for a pound 
on like nominal fee and says it's still the worst money he's ever spent in football. Um, hates him. <laughs> he's just an art. He's an art. Chris Sutton is opinionated and does it for a rise. Michael Stewart is just ignorant as hell. Um, so he tweeted it out. A BBC journalist jumped on it. She was tweeting. Um, Jeanette Finlay of the Celtic Trust, who believes IRA songs are perfectly acceptable. Um, she jumped on it. And then Nil by Mouth, the anti-sectarian charity, jumped on it, which was just a fucking huge blunder. Um, and then they, they tweeted it afterwards saying, we are aware that this um, there's another range of songs sung to this tune, but it's not acceptable. And when you get in that territory, you're like, oh, God, okay, so you're going to outlaw melodies? You know I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just, uh, the only reason I'm bringing it up is because it's the reputational damage that stuff like this does. That's what they're going for. They're no, they know, but if they, if enough people say it and enough people hear it, they'll believe it. You'll stop kind of looking into it yourself. And the club, I, I don't know, I know the club's in a few like lawsuits and stuff in the background, but it's, it'll affect people like me. I don't want to be tarred with some racist sectarian brush because I'm a Rangers fan. When the fucking the tune that we're singing, the song that we're singing, doesn't have anything to do with anything. Yeah, it's a, it's a really dangerous topic, especially when it can get sort of misconstrued like that as well. Um, like we just said, the fact that it sort of blown over after 24 hours suggests that there wasn't any volume of truth in it. Um, yeah, but People it's still even... the potential to do damage, and that that's what happened. Funnily enough, before a big game, all this stuff comes out, big yeah. bad Rangers, um, and then also before that stuff came out about Porteous getting all the sectarian and homophobic abuse after his red card. I'm like, what? Like, what? Like, cool, great. Like, there's always there's always another narrative going on in Scottish football with Rangers. That's why I love not being in Scotland. <laughs> a lot of the time I can shut out the noise. Um, but when it's stuff like that, it really gets to me because it, it affects anybody that's a Rangers fan. Yeah, of course. You're tired of that brush. Um, so for the record listeners, it's not true. We kind of moved on significantly from that day. As much as these these journalists and these people want to keep it, it keeps them in business. For them, the sectarianism is a business model. And if they don't keep that going, then they've got nothing to do. And they've got nothing to bang their drum about. So we move on. One each. Shite. Bronby game. Thursday. Need to have a big performance. We've no spanked a team yet this season. And I feel like I would love it to be Thursday. I would love us to just click and spank somebody. You I'm think it's probably, it's probably champions. not that far away. Yeah, Danish champions. I don't think they're doing all that well this season, though. Uh, I had a little, had a little look at them yesterday because I knew your game was coming up with them. I'm pretty sure they're sort of in the middle of quite average season on fairly average form as well. So you never know; could be good timing. Yeah, and saying that they're on a, they won the last game, draw one, lost draw. They're sitting six in the table. Um. That that is six out of twelve teams, though. Yep, and I'm looking um, at the teams above them, like Michelin are thirteen points clear, which is quite yeah. significant. Um, and there's a live game going on just now between AAB and AGF. Oh, those two well-known acronyms. 
Yep, and AGF are winning 1-0. Um, big news. But yeah, that's the kind of the big news out of Scotland this week. I don't think there's, there's Celtic, Jota scored for them, they're a cream in their pants, he's the best thing in the world. That That's the latest update I've got on that end. Um, Luke Carpenter's been quite quiet in the press. I haven't seen much about him. Um, I, I did... He he did come out and say that their uh, their next game in Europe is a must win game. I think they were obviously short on content for that uh, particular interview because that is uh, that, that could be a prime contender for the No Shit Award. Who, who is the next game? They've played Betis. They've played. Don't like, even oh, get Ferenc, me to pronounce their name. Ferenc Maros. Ferenc yes. That's it. You've done a better job than I would have done. Yeah. Um, but they're playing, they're playing tomorrow. Them. They play tomorrow. Yeah, I know. It's strange that, isn't it? Um, because of the it's the policing so you can't have because we're at home as well on Thursday you obviously yeah. can't have both of us at home on the same day but even a Wednesday not, game would have been would have made yeah but sense. then I think there's I think it's also something to do with I might be wrong it might be something to do with the COP26 thing police I don't know but yeah half free half free on a Tuesday <laughs> Okay. Yeah, it's a really um, really odd time get I mean not not that you would care much at all, but like for their fans as well, that sucks. Oh no, I'll, yeah, yeah. I remember when Rangers played some we used to get UEFA Cup games at the weirdest time in Italy. Like yeah. Rangers versus Palmer I had to listen to on a radio. I managed to get my teacher to put it on. Rangers versus Palmer, UEFA Cup. I think we got beat two one or two 0 Perini gets sent off. And I'm, I'm the only Rangers fan in the class. I went to a very famous Catholic school right in the shadow of Parkhead Stadium. Um, and so I was like the only Rangers fan, me and one other. And so it was a, I remember how miserable I was because we were getting pumped and everybody was loving it. <laughs> I was like, uh, but yeah. At, at least back then, no one could like watch it on their phone. No. no that that would have made it even worse. Um, we could have probably streamed it. At least, oh, score update, AGF are now 2-0 up against Ab. Oh, it's um, game over, that one, isn't it? And they've been the form team. AGF are sitting seventh and Ab are sitting third. Um, bye. So that that's Scottish football in a nutshell. Now I know that a Brazilian listener will really appreciate that. So that one was for you, um, Raphael Scheidt. I know that he's a big listener. Do you remember him? <laughs> no, I don't. Celtic signed him for £5 million under John Barnes. And it was shape by name, shape by nature. He was terrible. It's, a, it's an unfortunate name for him. Yes, it's terrible. Um, <laughs> and then on to, okay, Andy, the floor is yours. Get your tissues ready. It happened, finally. We said it had to. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been, been a while coming. Now we had we had to win a game eventually. We'd, I mean, we've drawn half our matches in the league this season, and this one was sort of you know set up on a silver platter with Leeds, arguably three best players, um, all out injured: uh, Calvin Phillips, Patrick Bamford, and Rafinha. Well, Rafinha wasn't injured, but he played in that ridiculously timed <laughs> Brazilian match on on Friday night, yeah. which obviously kept out the likes of. You know, Alisson, Edison, all these other Brazilian players in the Premier League. I think Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid actually successfully managed to get their matches postponed because of 
South American players taking part in these Friday night games. Uh, so they they didn't play this weekend. But yeah, no. uh, back, back, back to the point. Um, yeah, it meant he couldn't play against Southampton, which was quite nice. So, you know, we weren't we weren't short of our problems like Ward Prowse um, suspended for the, the the red card he got against Chelsea, which in my opinion is no bad thing because I think he's been, I wouldn't say terrible, but he's been pretty poor this season. Ward but Prowse, Ward Prowse well off his own standard. Ward Prowse, 101 game, consecutive games. Yeah, it's kind of a shame that that, uh, that that record's, you know, finished now. But at the same time, I'm glad that we had an enforced change. Um, and I'm not saying that we should be dropping Ward Prowse as our captain. He's obviously a very important player, but his form's not been good this season at all. Um, even his corners, which is the one thing you think the guy's reliable for, they've been terrible. The fact Nathan Redmond was taking better corners than him, you know, in his absence this weekend sort of says it all, really. Um, Nathan Redmond played the best game he's had in a Saints shirt for probably 18 months, two years, which is nice to see. Um, unfortunately, that probably means we've got two years of him playing utter shite again now. Um, he's had his one day. Uh, but, you know, I hope I say this every time Redmond has a good game, which isn't that often. I just I just hope he can crack on because he, clearly there's a good player in there. I, I think he probably more so than any other footballer I can remember just suffers with huge lack of confidence. And he's the unfortunate guy who gets picked on more than anyone else um, for Saints as well by the fans. You know, he could play nine absolute worldy passes across the pitch and then yeah. his 10th one's a nightmare and the fans are on his back the whole game. So I, I, I've always felt a bit sorry for him, but he's never really sort of been up to the standard. But any, anyway, he yeah, he had a great game. Uh, very good uh, very good match for him, sort of controlled the pace of our attack. And we just looked so much more dynamic going forward. I can't quite put my finger on what it was, but there's such a good balance between... Um, we had like Redmond on, uh, sort of playing off of Broyer up front, who made his first start for us. Um, and then we had Gineppo playing left wing. He was he was all right. The same kind of um, eagerness to to please and to get forward, but with with no conviction or own product. Um, and then on the on the right we had Ilianusi, who just come off of that awesome. Uh, 2-0 victory that he scored both goals in yeah, for Norway saying. against Montenegro. Um, so and he he played really well. And we just the, the balance of the four at the top with the with the midfielders sat behind and the, the the fullbacks bombing forward, we just we just looked a lot more dynamic. Well I think you know the start very... you know the stat that really impressed me is you are the first team to outrun Leeds. Without Ward Prowse as well, who's like famous for putting in all the yards on the pitch. Yep. It's, you yeah, it's you covered more mad. yardage than than any team since Leeds have came up. Um, but all all Leeds had to do was pass the ball around at the back because they offered nothing going forward. They they were terrible. They honestly the the fact we only won one nil. I was sat there as a Saints fan thinking if we cock this one up, uh, people are going to be on the manager's back pretty badly because it was already starting to happen a bit. But well, you were already you were already there, were you not? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like this, there's definite question marks over him. Like I've said before, though, like there's, I don't think there's anyone better to bring in. And I, I like Ralph. I like his uh, his sort of approach to everything. And he just seems like an honest bloke. And I, I, I wouldn't replace him unless results really went bad. But yeah, there's de- definitely fans that, you know, w- would like to see a change. And I think if we if we had lost or even drawn this game after dominating it like that, uh, there would have been even bigger question marks. But 
yeah, it was just refreshing to see like a, a more dynamic uh, approach to the game. We created so many chances and just the classic problem we've had for the last two seasons now, we just can't put the ball in the back of the net. Uh, so it was it was good to see a score on a, a nice counter attack, and you know Redmond and Jeppo both both part of that that breakaway as well. It was good, but yeah, we should have scored more goals. But I mean, I take the win to be honest. We've got Burnley next, I think, and then I don't know Norwich, Watford, Villa. Like we got bottom half teams to play, uh, so we can really kickstart the season with, with that win. And I think when you get that first win as well, you sort of a, you remember what it's like to win uh, as yep. a player and as a fan. And B, it just reminds you next time you're on the pitch that you can do it. Because the longer you go, the more you start to question, you know, are we even capable of winning a football match? Um, and it's not like it had been ages. It's, you know, that was the eighth league game of the season. And I actually read that of, of those seven matches last season uh, that we played prior to Leeds, our return this season, point for point, has been, I think, it might have been four or five points better off. So okay. when you're looking at the games comparatively to last year, you know, we've actually done all right there. And we've we've played, what, Man City, Chelsea, Man United, uh, West Ham, Everton. That's, well, we what, did say four, that this four run, teams out of the top eight? That was what we were saying last week, wasn't it? This run that's coming up of the teams that you're playing, is it no Burnley yeah. and stuff as well? It's pick up points now. This is where you need to get your points. We have to. We have to. And we we really need to start scoring more goals. Uh, you, you were saying a minute ago, oh, when was the last time we scored a you know, decent goal from, from outside of the box, outside 12 yards? I sit there watching a the game thinking, when was the last time we scored a goal? Yeah. From open play, at least, anyway. Um, so, yeah, we, ha- we have to use this as a platform now, especially with the next match being Burnley. Um, I, you know, they, they look... They look pretty terrible. Really and, all right, they they did okay against Man City to only lose two nil, um, but they are. I, I I think time might finally be up for Burnley in the Premier League. Well, in saying that, I'm just looking at the league table. Obviously, Watford and you guys are on the same level points, but what's interesting is right directly above you on seven points also is Palace. Yeah, and then above them is Arsenal on ten, and obviously they're playing tonight. <laughs> Yep. So what what are we hoping for here? Are we hoping for a Palace? Part of me wants a Palace win. Takes him to 10. Arsenal win yeah, 10. I would, I then, mind the Palace then, win. Then Southampton win. Arsenal lose again. That then puts you on level pegging with Arsenal after <laughs> after nine games of the season. Um, yeah, I mean, so, you'd take that. You would take that for sure. Um to be I'm honest, just sad like, we can't we can't do our Arsenal bashing because we've no played yet. Oh no, we we we've got to stop bashing him. To be honest, because we you know we're winning Manager of the Month awards for 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 this guy. The wrong, so, yeah, the wrong guys. Yeah, we need to stop tearing into him. Uh, you know, we we moved on to Harry Kane, and then he went he went and scored. Yeah, let, let's talk about that 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 game yesterday. So obviously <laughs> that was a it. mad match for so it many was reasons. Weird as hell, and all the politics are in this. The Saudi thing, and I saw some pictures on Twitter, and I'm like, guys, I know that you're excited, but why are you dressed like that? You're not the fake. Oh, no. You're not going to try and get Talisa. Do you know what I mean? Like, what's going on here? Um, and then the match kind of kicked off. Obviously, Newcastle took the lead, <laughs> and then did what they always do. And I think there was a start. So I think it's like eight or nine games they lose, like in the last year, like from those positions. Yeah, like they'll they'll take the lead. 
and then they they asked just falls out them. Um, and I, I, I did think I thought I wonder if this will be the a new owner bounce. You've got fucking Ant and Deck, so selling their souls, <laughs> just sitting in front of them, looking like Team America puppets. Yeah. Um, the whole thing just looked ridiculous. Uh, just like when that it... goal went in, was it ninety seconds in? I think. And the yeah, the new owners are there hugging each other. They look like they never met each other before. And then you got Ant and Dex sat in front of him, going mad like they're eighteen years old. And I was sat watching this, thinking, "What the hell's going on?" It was so weird. To, I've not so seen Ant and Dex. I don't know that I pay close attention to directors' boxes at St James's Park. But when was the last <laughs> time Ant and Dex were in Newcastle? Never mind that a Newcastle game. You Probably know the I mean? final episode of Biker Grover would have thought. Yeah, it just seemed a bit, but Jeff, me eyes, like. That's probably what he was doing after the fucking the way the game went because the ass fell out them. I gave up watching after a bit. Well, obviously there was that stoppage, wasn't it? Yeah, and on and on, which I'm not. I'm not, I'm not saying. Oh, it took too long for them to save the guy's life, but that took a long time. Then game came back on, and then Spurs just kind of kicked on, didn't they? It looked like Newcastle had finished. Yeah, I, I I watched um I watched the first half and I watched bits and pieces of the second half, but. It it's kind of felt like the game was done when the third goal went in. To be honest, um, it was <laughs> the the thing the thing that got me about the match, and it was like a I don't even know what the word it was like a ferocious start to the game. The way the way it began, it, it was you know it, it looked like it could have been about four apiece uh, by half time. The way yeah. the way the goals were going in, the thing that got me, and I, I haven't watched that much of Newcastle because like other than a Newcastle fan, who would want to? They they they're so boring to watch. Um, but they, they came out of the traps so quickly and uh, they just went at Spurs. But but the, the lack of quality shone through in that approach that they took. I don't know what it was if Steve Bruce just said to him, look, you, we're, we're for once riding high on like fans being excited to be in the stadium again because of this takeover. Fair enough, like we've not bought any new players or anything, but like, let's try and use some of this excitement to go and get a result. And they did, they went for it in 90 seconds. They scored a, a good goal and then they just attack, attack, attack. But the, the, the funny thing was if the ball was going through um, some Maxim or uh, Wilson, they looked really dangerous yep. through Willock. They looked okay. As soon as anyone else touched the ball, they looked abysmal. They were but trying to attack goal. at such a speed. That's that these guys quality. couldn't, yeah, that, and that was the problem. These 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 guys were trying to play hundred mile an hour pressing, attacking, fast football, but the, the the touch was terrible. The the vision was terrible. The positioning, the part, like everything. They and I do sort of feel a bit bad for Steve Bruce. The guy takes so much flack for the style of football he plays, but he's really just trying to play to the strengths they've got, which is to be honest, like they've got some hard working players reckon, sticking behind the ball. Like, do you think he best. just went? This is my last game. As Newcastle manager, <laughs> maybe, maybe. It's my thousandth game, and he just went, lads, go out and just play, you know. And then they've went, yeah. right, right, boss. And then, and then they're like, we don't know what to do. We've scored. <laughs> fuck, <laughs> fuck. Um, I think did, there was a bit exactly of that. that. There was a bit of just like they just looked like they never had any composure. They looked like they expected to still get beat. Obviously, yeah. Had Harry Kane's goal it was a great goal. It was um, a lovely goal, and. Terrible linesman decision if you thought that was offside because it was quite clearly on. So VAR did its job. Um and you could see how happy the, the Spurs players were for Harry. Yeah. 
yeah, they were really like ecstatic that he got the goal. Um, but and it's just funny how he's talking about how he's finished. Um, still think he's finished. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's and then his ankles, mate. After we said that though, that that article came out. Yeah, like, yeah. It's not like what we're saying is 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 false. Obviously, it's going against no, Newcastle. No, just badly timed. Does not make it, yeah. It's going against Newcastle. It was a lovely finish, though. Very training ground looking. Yeah, like it was shit goalkeeping those... though. Like Darlow's yeah. come yeah. out and he's sort of stood in the middle of nowhere and like a, a player Harry Kane's quality, even and even the sort of form he's been in, he's always going to put that on time. Yeah, though. well, that's what I mean. It's like muscle memory from training, isn't it? Yeah, it's just exactly. like lobby exactly. keeper. Um, but weirdly, like Spurs has been in terrible form. The fifth. Yeah, I know, I looked at this and I was like, when did they like? I remember they won three games at the beginning of the season, um, and they lost three. Yeah, and then they've won uh, the last two. They they look worse than a team that's won five out of eight. Yep, and they didn't they didn't even look great yesterday. They got into the game a bit after the after the second goal, and I mean the the, the attacking moves were good for the goals, but like I said before, that Newcastle team's absolutely shocking. Yeah. And, uh, what one thing I wanted to ask you for a thought on actually was there's been so much press. Like obviously this is just easy for these like rags to sell their papers when they're talking about Holland and Mbappe going to Newcastle. I mean, there's there's twisting the truth. Then there's just lying because it's obviously not going to happen. You so like we're, we're having... Gerard Gerard to Newcastle. I I, I wasn't because I don't believe that for a second either. But. Right, I, I was ask, asking some guys at work today, one of whom happens to be uh, Norway's only um, Newcastle fan, I think. Uh, but I was asking these guys, like, realistically, like, who's the first big name Newcastle going to attract to their club? Because it's not going to be Mbappe or Haaland no. or any of these sort of players. It's going to be a guy that looks through the lineup of Newcastle's team and says, Do you know what? Despite the fact that I'm going to be lining up alongside Dwight Gale and Kieran Clark, and Isaac Hayden and all the rest of these guys, I still want to go to Newcastle and just take the pay packet. Because if you think about it, all these clubs that get the the, the big money and they all need these one or two that are just going to go there because, oh, it's an exciting project or, oh, it's, you know, there's there's an opportunity to really like do something big here, which obviously means I'm going there to get paid lots and lots of money. Um, like, who's it going to be? Because I, I, I don't know, I don't know like how low the, caliber of player is going to be that they're going to be able to get in because realistically that like it comes to january they're going to be in a big dog fight to stay up and i don't but think signing like philip coutinho is going to be the guy that can to, help them out but of that. they're also they're also going to get ripped off to fuck because they're going to be in of such a desperate desperate state of survival um what i hope before i come on to who i think what i hope they don't do is sign brazilians and like fucking flair players and think this will please everyone because it won't and they won't bring anything to the table. And I think I've seen some stuff about um is it how do you pronounce his name? Tawarski Taninsky at Burnley, the centre half. Oh Tukovsky. Tukovsky. Um yeah. and I'm like, yep, that makes fucking that's exactly the sort of player they need to buy. They need yeah, hundred percent. Premier League experience, centre halves, but Unless his contract's coming up soon, they're going to pay fucking. They're going to be paying. I think. I think it is coming up, which is why he was quite heavily linked with West right. Ham in the summer. Because uh, yeah, he's a, he's a solid, solid Premier League centre back. And all right, Newcastle can have ambitions of like winning the Champions League or whatever. But you have to look at like look at how Man City did this when they first got money 
even Chelsea to an extent. And Chelsea did do a little bit of the buying the superstars and then realizing you can't do it that way. Yeah. You have to gradually build up to buying the you've superstars. Got build, you've got to build a squad, but then that's yeah. what... buy from the teams around you, slowly improve the team. Like Man City did it buying the likes of, you know, Sanya and Clichy and yeah, like they, but then it was, they, it was they did just... Robinho and stuff like that as well, where it was a bit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You you get, you know, there's obviously going to be the, the showpiece signings, but they once that's settled down, they need to they well, need they to need, work out how they're going to like level up each. each they season. need that experience, but what I also think is more important is who do they bring in? And I think I was trying to explain this at the weekend, and it was it was tough for me to do. And then I landed on a name, and it made perfect sense. They need to bring somebody in as a caretaker who's happy to be a caretaker and take the pay packet, and who will basically just look after the squad, keep them up, has the experience to keep them up. Um, mm-hmm but also can help kind of assess the players that are there for the for the, for the club and say, look, get rid of this Deadwood. No saying keep everyone, but saying get rid of this Deadwood and here's, and help work with like a, I know they've been looking like a sporting director or a director of football, work with them at that time to assess and move forward. And that, But I was trying to think, who, who would you go? I'm not saying a superstar of that, but they need somebody in the vein of like, like an Avram Grant. You know, somebody that's just... <laughs> but I'm not saying him, but I mean someone in that yeah. vein who can come in with enough experience to go, right, that, yeah, this this is how we'll stay up. No big Sam. Sam's had his time. He's out the window. But, like, they just need someone with experience to come in and steady the ship. And then to your point about superstars, somebody made a really good point. I can't remember where I read it, but as much as it's, it's Newcastle, who's... Not the club, it's the city. Who who's happy to move and up sticks for a, a pay packet to go and live in Newcastle, when in the Premier League, really the London clubs punch far above their weight in terms of who they land because it's London. Then you've got the kind of triangle of the man, the Manchester clubs and Liverpool and Everton, and Everton. Yeah, you know, the, the four of them, they will pick up players because it's Liverpool and it's central, and it's also they can get in. They can get to London, whatever, and where they're based. And then it's like, it's the northeast, And it's unforgiving. The weather's fucking shite a lot of the time. And I say this, fucking my team's in Scotland. We struggle with it the best of times as well, but we don't have anywhere near the money to get those players. So, I don't know. See, if it had been a couple of years ago, I'd be like Zlatan. 100%. <laughs> Zlatan would lap that shit up. Um, and he's the kind of player that like because the one thing Newcastle have got right is their fans and like the fans like adoration for these kind of players but you could see you could see a statue of Zlatan players in. you could see a statue of Zlatan outside St James's Park I yeah. think it happened a couple of years ago and he would go and he'd play because he's just he's Swedish he's used to the weather because he yep. played in Milan and Turin no known for its lovely weather um, he's played in Manchester yeah he went to LA did that for a bit but they need they need people that can cope with the environment as much as the the, the team, and yeah. that's why I'm like, don't go out and get Brazilians because if they're miserable in Manchester, they're not going to be happy in in Newcastle. Um, yeah, it's a really need, good point. And they need those to that point about the adulation. They need players who are mentally capable to take that in. It's similar to Rangers and Celtic when like big players come up here and they pressure and stuff and the goldfish bowl like Glasgow really gets to them Newcastle I imagine is the exact same everybody goes on about it like how it 
it's a, a city built on football and the passion and blah 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 well if you're going to go out and make big signings then they need to be prepared for that so as much as the fantasy like i'm being very pragmatic here instead of going like fantasy football and being like right sign this that and that they're going to be up against it there's not going to be many players in january that are like yeah i'm going to go to newcastle for a dog fight for six months no matter how much they're paying me like yeah so it's it's and it's i think that. that's the challenge they're going to have isn't it like you know maybe if they stay up and you know come the summer yeah they can they'll sign some some big players for sure but if they don't stay up it's going to be really interesting to see what happens really really interesting yeah and it's it, if you're a newcastle fan you must be heartbroken because benitez was signed up for this project and yeah. it just it, it never happened and then you see what happens. That's what I mean about if you bring in that caretaker, he'll bring in his trusted lieutenants as well of players. So then that that's where it all factors in. And it's like, well, who's available out there? When people are saying Conte and that, Conte's not going to Newcastle. That's ridiculous. Absolutely not. Like, and then they're talking about Gerard. Gerard's not going to Newcastle either. No. Like, why? There's there's no win for him there at all. Like, what he goes to Newcastle and like next month, and what relegates him? Yeah, like, it's a. Like that, so whoever goes in has to go in with that kind of approach of this pay packet. Well, I'll I'll do my best, but if we go down, we go down. But I'll help, kind of clear the deck, and I'll help assess. Um, but yeah, the doom and gloom of Newcastle and, and Spurs. Let's move on to the the bright sparks of Man United. Um. I think everybody's enjoyed this weekend. Yeah, I'm just taking United. a second to think about that one. I have so so many thoughts on not just on that game, but just Man United in general. So I only saw I saw parts. I never saw the full highlights of anything. I saw Greenwood's goal, which was fantastic goal, really un- nice, unreal, goal. lovely goal. Um, I saw Solskjaer's comments pre-match about how Rashford has to pay more attention to his football, which I think is ridiculous to say to a guy that played injured for him and basically is apparently according to all reports an absolute amazing professional and gives it all um and even though it was like positive it was it was a positive comment he just shouldn't have said that so i think yeah, a, it was we, always going to get twisted and misplaced it was a, it was it was a ridiculous comment and ridiculous timing to make the comment it, yeah, it, it the thing was... that was most ridiculous about it is everyone knows the scale of what Marcus Rashford has achieved outside of football. In yeah. you know, what is he, 21, 22 years old? So even though it wasn't talking about that, it's obviously going to get misconstrued to, to look exactly like that's what he's talking about. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, stupid comment. Then they took a short flight to Leicester. Uh, another stupid move. So um, like, all the pre-match was about the Rashford comments and flying a hundred miles down the road. Also, why are they? Why? Why? I don't. I've not seen any justification for a hundred-mile flight. They said that they've reassessed safety measures in the wake of COVID. I think was what they were talking about. I don't get it. So um, do they fly every away game outside of Manchester? <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Um, it just—it doesn't make any sense at all. Um, no, and then all, all they've done is created a. They've just created a something they can fall back on. Something the press can laugh at them about even further, and yeah, it just it's a stupid idea. And then I thought going into this game, Leicester were in a bad run. They'd lost two draws. Really bad run. They're not in good um, form at all. 
not in good form. I thought, oh God, well, I know we'd said last week, oh, Brendan was linked with Newcastle and he came out and denied it right away. He was like, I'm not interested. Um, but I did think, oh, if this run continues, I could see him just mm-hmm. pull the pull the ripcord. Why not? Um, and so I thought, well, United need a win. He's under all. He's under pressure. No, had a really good run recently. But I was still thinking in my head. It's, it's kind of like what we were saying about Spurs. Still kind of in my head thinking, oh, United's not that bad. They're, they're doing a good run. Like they've had the odd bad result, but but looking at it, they're in bad form. And I think this game just kind of highlighted it. And before I go, like, as I said, I've not watched the whole game. I'm not giving critical analysis of it or anything like that. But it, by all accounts, it seemed one thing that stuck out was I'd heard one of the Sky Sports, I can't remember, some, I think it was a, Man United, like a Manchester journalist or that, mentioning when they... So what, how did the scoring go? Greenwood scored... Yeah, it's Greenwood, and then it went one-one, and then then I think it went two-one United, didn't it? And then two-two-three-two-four-two. No, it went. It seemed it went. I'm just looking at it now. Greenwood, then Telemans, who, by the way, takes over from the most consecutive starts from Ward Prowse. Is that right? Yep. So I think he's on like sixty-one or something. He's some player, Telemans. Yeah, great player. He's, Um, He's only about twenty-five as well. And then it went. So is it Sunyong? I can't see his name. Sunyongu. Oh, Sunyongu, the Sunyongu. Turkish. Uh, he's he seventy eight. Then Rashford eighty two, and then from what I gathered at the eight, when Rashford scored, apparently the Man United bench acted as if they'd won the fucking title, um, <laughs> and then Vardy eighty three, and then Daka ninety one, um, but that really pissed off a lot of Man United. Well, journalists, fans, a lot because they're like that is not our club. Our club does not celebrate to each equaliser. Our yeah. club focuses and moves forward, and they they did what they were always doing. They went Ferguson would do that. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> um, I think it was Solskjaer went a bit <laughs> mental, um, and I I think that's fair. I think that it's like what I've said about Rangers in the past. And that you don't accept draws or stuff. Don't get me wrong, if it's a massive match and it's like on the line and it's on that point grants you something, i.e. like yeah. a place in Champions League or a final place or etc. etc. the league. Or if the equaliser was like a 94th minute, you know, knocking on the door and yeah, finally get their last kick of the game, then you celebrate it. But yeah. But I the agree. game like the game's not over and literally they go up the pitch and score. So I don't know. So maybe if you want to Andy, you watched more of it than me. I've gave you. I've, I've rambled on to give you time to gather your thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I, I I didn't watch the whole match, but I've seen sort of the extended highlights of it. And um, the the one thing that stood out for me, which wasn't a surprise, was how you could probably blame Harry Maguire for all four of those goals. Definitely for three of them, maybe for four of them. Uh, I've said this time and time again. I don't know if I've really mentioned it too much on this podcast, but I think that guy's so overrated in a Man United shirt. He seems to play quite well for England, but for Man United, it's just mistake after mistake after mistake. And a lot of them seem to come between some sort of miscommunication or misplaced pass between him and De Gea. I don't know what it is between those two. I like De Gea. I think he's a good keeper, but there's something with him and Maguire that, they just get wrong all the time. But 
Oh, just honestly, just watch these goals are like from Maguire. It's a, it's a misplaced pass or it's like a shit clearance or positioning was te- like he was just he was trying to do like a rotation of how many different things can I get wrong to lead to goals. Um, like Man United fans slag off Lindelof all the time. They don't think he's up to scratch. I'd play him ahead of Maguire next to Varane every day. I honestly don't get what anyone sees in Harry Maguire. I don't think about this. They paid near enough the same amount of money for him as what Liverpool paid for yeah. Van Dijk. Um, I'll tell you, like, I'm, I take my Southampton hat off and put it to the side when I say this. I know exactly which player I'd want in my team, and yeah. it's not Harry Maguire. But then, yes, the defence was a problem, but I, Ronaldo, I think this yeah. is a, How do you yeah. solve a problem with Ronaldo? Because that team, <laughs> the way that team's set up, you've got to press high, right? You've got Sancho and Greenwood. Fernandez sent behind it, you get Matic Pogba. But you've got to do a high press. Like it's just the, the Premier League. You've got to press like you've got to be fit. You've got to be pressing. You can't have carried yep. carry passengers. Um you see Liverpool, that front three, they press. Like it's part of the game. Ronaldo, he's not he's not got the legs to press anymore. And so do you you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't, if you're so scared. And this is what I'd mentioned before about them signing Ronaldo, where Ronaldo's gonna either be the downfall or the kingmaker or Solskjaer because yeah. if he keeps if if they keep trying to play that way and he's not tracking back they're playing with they're literally playing with nine outfield men for most of the game his, his, his end of the bargain is get me the ball in the box and I'll score the goals that's fine but then you come up a, a team like Leicester who are known for pressing fast and young and like very dynamic team even Vardy do you know what I mean? Like Vardy's still a very high tempo player in that yeah. team. He's he's the joint top scorer scorer in the league this season. Yeah. He's gone completely under the radar. He's up there with Salah, but I think they're both on seven or eight goals. And so then but then if you drop him, then it all kicks. Well look off, what happened yeah, last week, yeah. So I know. But it's, we said we said we said it, and it's been said by some areas of the press as well, you know, will signing Ronaldo upset the balance of the team and early suggestions are yes it absolutely will because they've got it's like a it's like a football manager or a FIFA team up the top all the big name players but you've got to get them to work well together like arguably their best attacking player this season has been Mason Greenwood um, the guy that can't even seem to get in the England team Um, but and and, you know he scored another good goal this this week but they they just they're just not gelling. Like Sancho's done nothing since he arrived. He doesn't look at home there at all in that team. That, he kept you getting taken off. I don't who's who of Man United young improved? They've seen some cracking young players. Like and outside of their own steam, did the ones they bring in, so like Rashford and Greenwood, right? Yeah. yeah. Almost almost progressed in spite of what's going on around them. Hogbers <laughs> struggled massively. Yeah. Um, and even though Pogba's a really good player, he does seem a player that needs coached. He needs kind of guidance through it. Sancho looks lost. Like he does. He really doesn't look at home at all. Like I Van de Beek yeah. kind of get off the bench. Yep. And that team, and you're kind of looking at it. And you're thinking, well, what, what's what's the ambition? And I'm looking at who came on. They brought McTominay on, Lingard, and Rashford. 
Yeah, and, he and had... Rush, Rashford scored and looked looked decent, but yeah. Lingard, I think I said to you before, he's not he's not a Man United quality player. No. You can't be bringing him off the bench. Uh, McTominay, I don't I don't mind McTominay. I mean, he's, he's better than Fred. But, McTominay's um, a, a traditional Man United player. In he is. He's, he's another Darren Fletcher, isn't Fletcher he? Fletcher or uh, Park Sung or someone like that, where they are. I'm sure they could go to another team and be very good. In that mm-hmm. team, but they they have that kind of Man United spine that we spoke about before, where yeah. kind of like doesn't do like fucking Nicky Butt, David May, <laughs> yeah. like that type of player where it's just solid, dependable, professional, always got the back. Um, but they're just I don't know. I'm going to pull up my fixtures so the next run of um. United's fixture list because I don't think it gets any easier for them. Yeah, no. I don't think they've played that many big teams yet, have they? They've got Atalanta on Wednesday, then they've got um, Liverpool, then they've got Spurs away, then it's Atalanta, then it's City. So we could be sitting here. Then we've got, oh, by the way, bringing this up, lads. Sorry, everybody. Then a national break comes back in November. Oh, good, good. <sighs> I we were done with it. It's been, um, it's been a while. Yeah, sixth of November's the Man United Man City game, and then the next game after that is the twentieth of November. And if I was being a cynical man, and you lose two of those and draw one of them, um, then that window of two weeks from the game gives you time to bring somebody else in. Yeah, and it was that was talked about a lot um, over the weekend as well. And the two names obviously were getting thrown around were Conte and Zidane, both of whom I think would not be the right person to put in place at Man United. Zidane, absolutely not. I don't believe Zidane is. I, I don't know why. I just don't see him cut out. I know people are like, oh, he won the Champions League, like he won it at Madrid, like which is a dysfunctional club at the best of the time, but it had. That has phenomenal world class players from top to bottom yeah. when he won it. So all he had to do was basically talk to those players and say, "I'm Zidane. I've done this before," and they're like, "Yes, you are Zidane. Um, we'll go and win <laughs> it for you." Um, but then after that, Watford. They've got Watford, and then it's Chelsea, and then it's Arsenal. So it's a fucking. There's like up that's Arsenal game just second of December. So we are saying the next month and a half. My United is make or break, which is mental. Like it's crazy yeah. because we, we sat here at the beginning of the season and said, Man United's team on paper, you you gotta be talking about them pushing for a title, you know, the title chase, but uh yeah, now what are we eight games into the season? It looks like it's totally fallen apart already, and people are already oh, saying hot. this is a three horse race. Yeah. Yeah, they're not winning the league unless no. everyone else, unless everyone else collapses. Um, but it's always good to have a wee bash on someone. So well, that'll be Man United next? winning the next six games. <laughs> Hundred Ole will be manager of the month. Yep, Ole, Ole manager of the month for November. Um, unbelievable. Uh, we talked about Liverpool briefly. They just kind of kicked on, haven't they? Salah's yeah, just I... elevating them again. But I don't yeah, think it's one what man. What I will say though is that but... that that match. I mean, 
Watford were that bad. I, I think most teams would have scored at least three against them. Um, yeah, they're not they good. Were, they were terrible. Like, I, 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 granted, like Ranieri's only been there five minutes, but he's got to sort that defence out. They're all over the place. They are all over the place. Um, I'm glad we're playing them soon because if they can play like that against us, we even will score more than one goal. Um, but yeah, Liverpool, like they look great going forward. Um, I don't, I don't think there was a single shot on goal against them until like the was it the 85th minute or something. Um, but yeah, going forward, like Salah, Salah looked great. Mane's looking a lot better again this season. Firmino scored three goals yeah. from total distance of about eight yards. Like they, they literally were just walking the ball in the, in the back of the net. Um, that Salah goal was good. I think it's been slightly overrated, but it was it was a very good goal. I've mean, heard goal of the know. season shouted I, for it. I, I don't it's, know. It's, it's a good goal. I wouldn't say it's a good goal. I think, it, I think it's a very good goal. Um, I think it's just the technique and the fact that he, the amount of times he kind of beats men very yeah. quickly and then still finishes it. Um, but moving on from that, Brighton, my tips for the top, 0-0 at Norwich. Um, and I think these are the games, this is what killed them last It's a clean season. sheet for Shane Duffy, though. It's a clean sheet, but got to be got to be beating the bottom team. Yeah. Like, got yeah, to be yeah, getting yeah, those three points. Um, then we move over to, it was a, it was a Brummy, Brummy weekend derbies. Because you had West Brom, Birmingham. Yeah, uh, West Brom beat them on Friday night. Then it was Villa Wolves, Villa pumping Wolves, cruising. Leave early, go get go get something to eat early doors. Turn the TV back on, and your team's just been beat three two. <laughs> what happened there? Like the the ultimate collapse. I know it was a deflect. It was a deflected effort, wasn't it? At the end. Yeah. But but three two. It's uh, I mean it's happened to all of our teams, right? That you go and lose that um you go and lose that game that you should never lose when you when you're winning all the way through and it yeah there's not much not much you can do about it they just have to you know forget about that one and move on to the next game villa but I said villa, last week villa, villa villa's form the season villa's form again like the last two they've lost one one two lost two set yeah. a goal difference of zero yeah the the weird team, team this in the season league. Oh no, sorry, Wolves Wolves are sitting on zero as well. Very, very strange uh, Villa. And I, I think I touched on it before that I, I think they've not worked out how to set their team up without Jack Grealish. And it just yeah. seems more and more obvious every time I see them. Um it's such a mixed bag of results. They they won it didn't they win at Old Trafford a couple of weeks ago? Yeah. They won at Old Trafford, then they throw throw away a two 0 lead and lose three two to Wolves. They they've um they lost opening day of the season to to Watford, and then I think they've beaten someone else half decent. I can't remember who, but yeah, real like maybe it was West Ham they beat. But such a strange opening start of the season for them. There's no consistency at all. Who who who's that's terrible. But who's the Wolves manager? You know, he was Benfica's manager last season. Benfica, yeah, Benfica. You know his name? I, think. I cannot remember his name. I'm going to look it up because. I'm going to tip him for manager of the month. <laughs> He's got um, me with the shout. They've, Bruno they've... Bruno Lage, Laggy Lage, Bruno Lage. Yeah. Um, well, he is in for a way of shout because they've won the last three in their next games against Leeds. Yeah, and you sort of fancy them there as well, really. That would take them through. So, yeah, interesting. They've they've actually climbed the table quite well. Um, you mentioned Man City beat Burnley. That don't need to talk about that. 
West Ham, after we said how well Everton were doing, West Ham go to Goodison, 1-0. Again, I think... It's just West, West Ham are just a team for me, but they'll, they'll pick points up, they'll drop points, they'll be in for the running, they drop. Like, I don't yeah, really I think care. So. I just don't care, if I'm honest. So I don't really want to talk about West Ham. Um, Brentford-Chelsea, <laughs> that, was, that was a fun game to watch. Um, I think if anyone was unsure about why Chelsea signed... Edward last season. Yeah. This, uh, yeah, it, it, it's just been answered. Ed- Edward Mendy was unreal, unreal. against Brentford. Brentford. Unreal. But I reckon Brentford were unreal as well. Like, they're, it's exactly what you've been saying all season. They're the leads of this season. They're the team that will just, no one knows how to play against them. They'll yeah. give everything they've got. They play a style of football that's kind of, I don't even know how you would describe it, but it's just like, it looks fun to be in that team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, a nice way to put it. Like, and they they go for it, and the saves that Mendy pulled off were unreal. Like the one from well, the one with his face, with Janssen, <laughs> just bounced off his face, and then over the overhead kick in the last minute of the game. Um, yeah, that would have been some goal as well. It, it was a great. cracking save. And you but, see Thomas Frank on the sideline as well because he thought that was going in. It would have been a great way to finish the match. Um, but Chelsea pick up the win again. Like just yeah, and I think that's what um that's what makes them look so impressive this season. They just they've got that that bit of like grit and determination, and they've shown it in a few games where you know they've really had to like. Normally, it's they've got to like bang the door down and get the goal, whereas this time they've scored a goal and it was a very good goal from Ben Chilwell. But then they've had to hold on and they've had to hold on through a lot of decent possession from Brentford, um, which sounds mad saying that we're talking about Brentford the team that came up last season but Chelsea for me look the real deal the one thing they've got to sort out is Lukaku he looks like the Lukaku of Man United rather than Lukaku of Inter Milan at the moment they don't know how to play him they just don't know how he fits into the system and I think Werner looks kind of Werner looks a lot better having someone beside him yeah he does but I don't think the rest of the team knows how how to play with Lukaku um, whereas I, I think you kind of I don't know if the the, up, the two up front suits Lukaku as well as maybe if he was playing with like two behind him yeah he just he needs the supply in, doesn't he I think that's that's sort of one of the the bigger issues is he just he needs the ball like put into him a lot whereas he's being yeah. made to like really run and work for it almost like an old fashioned kind of um, uh, like big sort of number nine which I don't think suits it, him well. It's he kicked off the season really well, and it was almost like he was playing. He was just kind of doing what he was doing last season. And yeah, now that's kind of been coached out of him. Like, <laughs> yeah, ah, that's true. Fuck. Um, he's he's gone six games without a goal for Chelsea now. Yeah. Well, which you can't you can't have that for a bloke you're spending what was it ninety million quid on? Everybody, get your money on. Hat trick next game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, who are they playing next? <laughs> if we're pulling Chelsea are up against. Let me pull this up. Chelsea have next fixtures. They've got Champions League. They've got fucking Malmo. Um, could have been us. Um, and then they've got Norwich. I just oh, want to there touch, we go. I'm just going to touch on Norwich. Um, Thomas is it Thomas Fank? Is that his name? The Norwich manager. Oh no, you're Daniel Fark. Daniel Fark. Thomas Frank. It's the fucking same. The manager's Norwich. Um, <laughs> he's not playing Gilmore anymore. Oh, yeah, I read a bit about this, actually. Because he doesn't want to help other team 
develop their players, and it's like, well, why the fuck did you take them on loan? Yeah, there was. I read that one one or two ways. Either it's been, either that quote has been sort of used slightly out of place, and he's saying, you know, this guy's not just going to get in the team because he's a Chelsea player, and we're not just going to play him for the sake of playing him, um, or he was told he's getting a player that is maybe a bit more developed than what he actually is um, by his scouting team. And he's maybe not happy with how far along his development Gilmore is when he's turned up. And don't get me wrong. I think Gilmore's a cracking player. He's, he's going to be like a, a, a great player in the Premier League for like years to come. But that like one of those two things has happened, I think. But it's odd because he, he went to Norwich with that agreement because of the style of play that Norwich have. Norwich, Norwich basically pitched for him. They went yeah, in and I thought it was a great signing. I thought Norwich is a good team for him to go to. He's basically filling the hole that Buendia has left when he's gone to Villa. Like it seemed like a no-brainer. But yeah, do you he's, think there's he's, pressure? He's kicked the ball. Do you think he's just bottling it and he's gone? You know what? I need I need to start getting results on the table. I can't play this type of football anymore. It might it might be it might be what they got two two points out of eight games. Like yeah. it, it could be that. Um, it's just for for Norwich fans, it's just like same old, isn't it? Like, you know, work hard to get promoted again, and then it's just, yeah, fall apart when you get back I'd to the Premier fucking, League. I would, I'd be bored by it. It would really frustrate yeah. me that you would come up, you just yo yo constantly, yeah. And it's like that, that 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 high, that low, <laughs> that high. That it's like, why yeah. oh, um, but oh, in other news, Arsenal are leading one 0 um. Like nice. this is live, guys. As it comes, Obama Young eight minutes. Um, has been oh, that, that did not take long. Is uh, is, is Edward started for Palace tonight? Uh, and let me check. No. Oh no, he is has. He, he has. He has. They've got. The thing I keep looking up just keeps putting every team in the exact same formation. Um, got Edward <laughs> yeah. Gallagher, Ayu, and Benteke. Yeah, I was going to say, Edward must be starting because I know Zaha's out injured. And uh, yeah, I'm I think Edward Edu- should really be starting over Ben Teko by now. Um, but he's, he's playing both. So Yeah, I think if Zaha was on the pitch, Ben Teko might, might be sat on the bench. But And then big shout out to the Arsenal centre-half, Mr. White. He wanted to make everybody know that his name is Benjamin. So Benjamin White. Fifty million pound player Brilliant. Benjamin White. This, this is like point. when Andy Cole made everyone call him Andrew. Andrew, yeah, it made it's no like, difference. You know what? You know what, Benjamin, come here when you're your player of the month, and we'll call you Benjamin. Until you then, wait ne- next you're month, gonna, you're going to be Ben. <laughs> I know, I know. Another one. Um, talking about Benjamin. Talking about names. Top baby names in England and Wales came out today. You know they do this every year, like the yep. the names that come up. So at the top. Oliver and Olivia are the most named boy and girl name. Um, but there's a name that sadly is dead and that no one was named it this year. Kevin. The first time. Not Kevin. Colin. No. Am I anywhere close? Yep. It's, Glenn. It's a name. Further down the alphabet, mid-tier, mid-alphabet. No, it's a great footballing name. A lot, of, a lot, of, a lot of footballing people named after this. Nigel. No Nigels. No Nigels. 
No, Nigel's. That's, Nigel, uh, no mates. It'll come back though, would it? Like you will know, it? there was a. Well, well, it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, all the Alfreds and Alberts and Reginalds and all that came back when they looked like they were dead and buried. Nigel will be back. But there's a there's an elegance to Albert. I don't know if there's an elegance to Nigel. <laughs> all right, it's not an elegant name, but you know, there's um. There's, there's there's probably plenty of Saints fans out there that want to name their kid after Nigel Adkins. There you go. Or Nigel, there's Nigel Spackman, Nigel Clough. Yep. Nigel de Jong. Nigel de Jong, yeah. Dutch people out there. Um, any, any other Nigels? Can you think of any other Nigels? No. <laughs> well, see? So there we go. That's what I can see why the name's dead. Um, top 10. Top 10 is... Oliver, George, Arthur, Noah. Noah's made no, a big yeah, comeback. Used a lot that one, isn't it? Um, Mohammed, which doesn't surprise me. It's a really common name. Um, Leo, Oscar, Harry, Archie. Not Archibald, but Archie. I think if yeah, I was that's going for Archie, royal baby one, isn't it? Yeah, I think if I was going to call my kid Archie, I would call them Archibald. <laughs> yeah. Like on their birth certificate and their passport, and that you've got, like you've got to go for it. Um, yeah, I think so. And then, then. and then Jack. No, I'm no, wondering, um, no just Andrew thinking about Nigel, I'm, well, no, I mean, their names that will sort of doing a lot of popularity for a while until yeah. someone names a royal child after one of them. I was just thinking about Nigel, though. I think I think the, the damage on that name may well have been done by a, a certain Mr. Farage. Fuck. I'm, I'm glad that he never even popped up when we were saying Nigel's. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy with that. You've got Nigel Pearson. Yeah. Um, Nigel Atkins. There's Nigel Havers. Oh, who's like yeah, okay. the, that posh actor. Uh, there's Nigel Ben, the Dark Destroyer. Of course. Um, maybe it just needs a bit of modernising. Maybe if it was, you know, pronounced Nigel, maybe that would uh, bring, bring it back to life a bit. You've got like you've got Nigella Lawson, and that's uh, you know, that's a, a a much different sounding name to just Nigel. It's also a different sex. Um. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, true. But you know, as Olivia is to to Oliver, Nigel could be that to Nigella. Well, I'm just I'm pulling up like the the number of boys when it was the most popular. It was its most it was at its most popular in 1964. It's amazing okay. the stats you can find on the internet. Like, who knew that? So, there's an actual like Wikipedia subject of Nigel. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a good <laughs> read later. Can't wait. How do we oh, get na- to this topic? What's happened? It was names Benjamin, Benjamin White to blame. <laughs> but I thought na- you were gonna go for some segue into something completely when you, different. When you were talking about Nigella, she was named after her dad, who was called Nigel. Oh well, there we go. So. It was- Close enough, um, but I'm just I'm looking through these. There's there's no many. I'm saying that I was watching. They had the they had the London games, the NFL at the weekend, and it was um, the Dolphins versus the Jacksonville, whatever they're called, and Jacksonville won with the last kick of the game. But the young quarterback straight out of college, the next big hyped thing. I think he was the first draft pick and all that. Is called Trevor. Yeah, that's not a name you get to too Trevor, often these days either. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. 
And I was it's a like, very British sounding. Name. It's such a. And I was like, I just like <laughs> call the play, Trevor. <laughs> it's just uh, right, Trev. Good, good touchdown pass. Um, anyway, yeah, this is what the, this is what listeners come for, mate. They, oh, um, absolutely. And also seg- segue in, like to keep up the theme. We had our Phil Mitchell chat last week. Nigel, the EastEnders, remember him? Oh, maybe he, Nigel. Maybe, maybe he's the reason more people don't call their kids Nigel. Maybe he was a bit of a. He was that sort of lovable loser, wasn't he? He had like the flop, floppy. He was, he was, he was fucking Grant and Phil's best mate, wasn't he? He was, yeah, he was. But he was floppy haired. He had horrible ties. Always ill fitted suits. Um, maybe he sounds a lot like fucking Nigel Farage, to be fair. Um, but <laughs> Nigel, I don't think the two have got much in common. Nigel Bates. Yeah, I his remember name. that character well. Oh, I'll be honest, uh, this means nothing to anyone listening, if anyone is indeed listening, because you can't see pictures um, through a podcast. But I I urge anyone to Google this guy and just see what he looks like <laughs> now. He's fantastic. What he looks like now? <laughs> yeah, he's unbelievable. Paul Paul Bradley. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Is that another guy for the bill? He's he probably in the bill. If he's Does his name Serge? In... Just remember the guy in the bill? No, but if he's he in was, he was in the he's bill. probably been in the bill. Is he's probably same... been in Casualty as well, one of those. They Is that the same guy? Uh, let's have a look. Where are we going? This is a football podcast. I'm sat here on Wikipedia looking at a bloke that used to be in EastEnders. He played Nigel Bates. Aye. Yeah. And then... And then... Is he definitely... He was in the bill in 1988. Right, so it's not the guy I'm thinking of in the bill. So he literally now looks like a guy that used to be in the bill. <laughs> oh, this I is, know the is... guy you mean now. I know you exactly know what I who mean. you mean. Yeah, I know who you mean. He's got a moustache. Yeah. Wait, I've just pulled him up. <laughs> Kevin Lloyd. Tosh. That was his Tosh. name. Tosh. <laughs> oh, dear. Hey. Come for the football and stay for the the obscure British soap references. Yeah, we uh, we've we've really delivered this week. But yeah, Paul Bradley, God, old Nigel. Nigel, that's how we got there. I was my brain was backtracking in thinking, <laughs> well, how on earth have we ended up on this? Uh, well, but yeah, we've got this week, as we said, it's European week, so we've got a. A game on Thursday, but I'm just going to pull up the fixtures for the Prem. You guys, I Burnley, Burnley on Saturday. It's a must at win. Home. It yeah. really is. They all are must wins at the moment, mate. I think you're running fixtures. Yeah. You have to. Um, I'm just having a look and seeing if there's anything else. Man United, Liverpool. That's a must win for for Ole. Um, don't, the rest seem kind of. There's nothing that kind of stands out. You've got Chelsea, Norwich, as we said, Aston Villa. At Arsenal, Leeds play Wolves, Palace, Newcastle. There's a lot of survival games this weekend. Yeah, that Palace, Newcastle one could be the if he's not gone already. That could be the 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 death of Steve Bruce. I think. Yeah, well, Newcastle. Remember, for years and years, just couldn't buy a win in London, no matter <laughs> yeah. what. Um, just travelled terribly. Brighton, Man City. That would be a good game. That's even that could be an interesting Saturday. game. Yeah. 
I don't see there being many goals in that one, but I mean, you'd fancy City to win it still, of course. But yeah, that, that could be an interesting game. And it's at Brighton. Brighton are good on home turf. Small mm. pitch. Um, West Ham, Spurs. Oi, oi, big Saturday, big Sunday, big Sunday afternoon in Stratford. That also could be an interesting match, I think. Um, I'd fancy West Ham to do it, but Spurs just very unpredictable. And then Brentford, Leicester City. Yeah. I think that would be, I can't predict that one. I don't know, based on the form. I would normally say, oh, Leicester should win that, but then Brentford, so. Yeah. Exactly. No, it's a strange, strange week of games. Really, like the the United Liverpool one is obviously the standout, the standout tie. But yeah, it could be some, could be some interesting games around. You never know. Um, I think the 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 week after that, you've got a a couple of sort of tasty looking fixtures as well. Um, but it's just <laughs> you can't really look too far ahead at the moment in the Premier League because you you you're predicting, you know. I don't know, off the top of my head, you could say at the beginning of the season, like maybe Man United against Chelsea could be a big one to look forward to, but then the game will come up and it's it's a big one to look forward to for different reasons because Man yep. United might be, you know, on a on a winless run, Chelsea are winning for fun, but have got a centre forward that can't score goals. It's uh, It's been such a weird season already. I feel like we've almost had a whole season in these first eight games. It's, yeah. Have you been following much... Like other leagues, I, I, in in, really, in England or just around Europe? Around Europe, like I've not really. I know Bayern. Bayern went to Leverkusen and pumped them five 0 Oh, it's destroyed them. Yeah, um, statement intent again. Um, I don't really yeah. have much more to add there because I've, I've I saw that La Liga. I don't know what's going on there. I've not really paid much attention. Italy, I don't know. So I don't know, Andy. Have you got a European roundup? Have you got a bit of grass? <laughs> yeah, sure. Than me, <laughs> I'll try and give you a European roundup. Um, I think oh, Barcelona won yesterday, which was a, a shock to everyone because they don't do that anymore. They beat Valencia three one in the in the late game in La Liga. Like I said, Real Madrid and Atletico both um, both successfully got their games postponed because of the South American Friday fixtures. Um, I think oh, top, on that note, the, on that note. Brighton and Newcastle both had a player, I think, away. Was it Brighton and Newcastle? Um, they had, i am just pulled it up, they had Almerion at Newcastle, who was away with Paraguay. Oh, yeah. And Brighton had Jeremy Sarmento, Ecuadorian. Yep. So, as you were mentioning about Leeds not earlier, Rafinha, he's kind of out of action and stuff. They've put him in a hotel. Liverpool have sent Ellison and... Fabinho, Fabinho. to Madrid. So yeah, that's probably a smart move. But what Newcastle and Brighton have both done is they have hired like the RVs that the F1 teams use. Yeah. And they've parked them on training ground and the players are staying in there. And it means like security <laughs> and stuff is fine. It means they don't have to, they can still train. They're still allowed to train. They can still do all that stuff. Um, they get all the food cooked by the club chefs. Security is there, and so they're just living in these. The two of them are just living in two big RVs. Oh man, what a world we live in! Honestly, sorry, <laughs> I cut you off for of your European roundup, but I just thought that was such a good story. Like, That's brilliant. Fair enough. You're camping at camping at the ground. Um, so where were you? Sorry, you were saying. Uh yeah, Spain. Uh, like Real Madrid is still up there. Like Real, I think you got Real, Sevilla, Atletico, maybe one more that are 
all sort of a, a joint second place. Uh, but Sociedad are top in that league. They've, uh, I think they've hardly scored any goals, but they've hardly conceded any. They must be doing a few 1-0 wins. Um, so yeah, La Liga, apart from Barcelona falling apart, obviously La Liga is sort of like roughly where you'd expect it to be already. The Italian league, I think it's Napoli that are running out of top at the moment, and they've they've sort of not not really been in the race for the last couple of seasons. I think AC Milan are just behind them. Uh, Juventus obviously had a shocking start of the season, but have started winning a few games now. So um, they, I think they're around sort of sixth or seventh. You'd expect them to be like up there by the end of the season. Um, so You're doing well. That's... You're doing well. I'm looking at the league table. Juventus are seventh. Won the last four. Napoli, um, first twenty four points, ten point gap. From yeah, what won all their matches? Napoli. They 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 look really decent this season. Um, I don't know what they've changed or what they've done differently, but because uh, I'm pretty sure the last couple of years they've been like they've, they've been, been all right. But, yeah, yeah. I think last season they maybe fell away a bit, but um, yeah. Anyway, I, yeah, they, they they seem to be flying this season. Um, and then yeah, Germany. You sort of touched on a minute ago is. It's sort of turned into the most boring league in Europe now, which is a shame because there's some really interesting teams, but just Bayern Munich have just got such they a just, grip on that league. They just buy the best players and they just yeah. buy, they just take the best manager. Basically, yeah. It's just it's 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 incredibly dull, which is a shame because you've got good teams there, like good teams to watch, like Leverkusen, Dortmund, uh, Leipzig. Actually, Leipzig have been pretty terrible this season since losing their manager to, to Munich as well. Um and yeah, just I I don't know the the German league is just uh, I was gonna say it's the most boring. I forgot about the French one, but the French league's always been pretty shite anyway. There's always been good teams in the French league, but now that Paris Saint Germain is so much better than everyone else, uh, is has Messi pointless. Has Messi started yet? Yeah, he's been starting games. He's just not. I think he's scored one or two goals maybe, but. It's sort of, in a way, it's kind of like Ronaldo at Man United. It's a bit of a, um, it's been a bit underwhelming, let's say, to to start with. But um, yeah, Messi will come good. I'm almost certain of that. Um, and he's arguably got a much better team to play in with a much better manager at Paris Saint Germain than what Ronaldo's got at United as well. So you'd imagine he'll, he'll come pretty good. Pacino's been back in London. Don't know if you saw that. Eating fucking no. gold leaf shite for that salt bay character oh god like <laughs> just no rumors was it like no one said a word no one was like oh he must be going for a job no he literally came to london to to have that weirdo sprinkle some salt over him um <laughs> oh, the less said about that guy the better to be honest yeah outrageous people are like oh such a shock this bill 34 grand and then you look at it and you're like you bought two bottles of like 12 grand wine yeah, that would do it. What? <laughs> um, all right, well, good European roundup. I look forward to next week's. Yeah, I'll, I'll try. I'll try and give a bit more on maybe the Dutch league next week. We've not 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 said too much about that. Oh, did We're you see the a... Did you see the one clip of what happened in Holland this weekend? Yeah, with the uh, stand with the collapsing and the fans bouncing and the stand collapsed, and then they continued to bounce. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, amazing. One guy's no leg got injured over it. Uh, unbelievable! It sort of went down like a V shape in the middle. It's, uh, yeah. They, I mean, I, I don't even know where you start with looking at that. I'm sure there must be like regular safety checks on all stadiums in all divisions around Europe. But yeah, God knows what's gone wrong with that one. Maybe they just had a, a lot of particularly fat people in that row. 
Um, but yeah, it just it fell apart, it snapped like a piece of wood. Are you allowed to say that, people? I don't know. I just did. Are uh, we going to get cancelled? People, people of of large size. People who enjoy yeah. a half time, a full time, and a pre match pie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was. There must have been a lot of weight on that stand because they re- like I. I've not seen that happen before. Yeah, um, it's the players' reaction as well, where they're like, "Oh," and they all put their heads in the hands. And there's a guy at the front. And you, if you watch it back, the video, he's got one leg over, like the stand. Yeah. And he's been bouncing like that, and it's went. And they look at him, and you think he's really badly hurt. And then he just starts bouncing again. It's like, and the players go, "All right, yeah." <laughs> <laughs> Fucking mental. And for anyone, obviously, they can't see what we're doing there. That was me pushing my hands up and down in a motion as if I was maybe I don't know pulling a what, a steam a steam locomotive choo choo. Yeah, that's <laughs> the weirdest analogy uh, considering I've just watched you doing that. But uh, sure. <laughs> Um, one point we've not touched on, and I uh, know that we've basically done an entire football match worth of talking now, but um, the the England stadium ban, uh, what did you yes. make of that? Um, well, you can look forward to having 70,000 racist children in instead. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping, I'm hoping we don't, A, I'm hoping we don't follow that pattern, and B, I'm hoping there aren't 70,000 racist kids well, uh, yeah, no. to fill the stands, but uh, I do yeah, think- it, I just don't think it's enough. I think considering what happened and the scale of what that match was and the size of the TV audience it was in front of, I don't think a one match behind closed doors game is anywhere near enough. And I don't think, I think it kind of, I don't think the full kind of reality of what happened ever really made it to the general like population. No, I don't think it did. I think us knowing people in London and kind of seeing it, you obviously weren't here, but knowing of it and, and seeing it in the, the kind of Twitter sphere and all that kind of stuff, it was awful. Like, and it was hijacked. But then, what the worrying thing is, how how much of a minority does it take to then be able to pull something like that off? Because it was pretty, it was a, it was a sizable minority that managed to like attack the stadium. You had loads of foreign people tweeting stuff at the time, being like, "I got to my seats, and my seats had English people in them." Like drunk English guys, and that kept kind of coming out. And so, if anything, the stadium should have already been the stadium should have been shut right away. In terms yeah. of like, we need to look at the FA should have took responsibility. And went, we're closing the stadium for the next few. And games I think that's we the have biggest review, problem. We have to review the security setup. We have to review our logistics because it's a fucking nightmare leaving Wembley. Yeah, like that that Wembley way is as nice as it is as a scenic walk. The stations no big enough for the amount of fans coming you end up kettled in for most of the time so when you're coming into the stadium you have that same kind of funnel approach of you're funneling a hefty amount of people granted people can come from other directions as well but you funnel them all down that front end is that what do they do how do you how do you fix it i don't know but at the same time getting a one match behind closed doors banned for it is very lenient yeah, and it's it's just it's kind of glossing over the the problem because a one match ban. I mean, all right, it, it does hit the FA a bit in terms of like income from tickets and from drinks and everything in the stadium, 
But the people it affects more is the, is the fans that want to go to the game, fans that weren't smashing down doors to get in there. It affects the the guys that make a living out of selling food and drink on the way in. It affects local business. It like the there should have I think you said it a minute ago that, that there should have been a, a review into you know how it was allowed to happen. And the, I've seen interviews with staff that worked in. In, in the stadium on that day. And a lot of them are just like kids, you know, like 18 years old, that yep. are basically being told to police the stadium. And I assume they probably took the job thinking that if things kicked off, there were bigger blokes behind them that could, that could handle that kind of thing. And it just, there was not, there was clearly nothing in place. And I think in the end, you know, these guys were just letting, letting these, these, these people come in because they, they didn't want to get hurt themselves. And there clearly was a huge, huge, security issue and the the only thing that everyone can be thankful for is these guys were just breaking in because they wanted to watch the football i mean if they were breaking into that stadium for any other reason it would have been you know god knows what could have happened it could have been a exactly. real catastrophe and that's why they that's why there should be a, and already should have been a huge review into this situation but the one game ban i think it's just a bit of a, it makes a mockery of that of the whole they get, thing and it's not even a ban until next next year yeah, like, what's, where's that come from as well? It doesn't make any sense. Like, who chooses these things? Yeah, I just uh, probably should have picked up on that point earlier because it's always nice to end on a on on something positive. But I just, I just don't understand any of the thinking behind it. Um, it sounds like someone's had a quiet word, like you know, uh, that's maybe not been reported on. Of you know, we'll we'll do this, we'll do that. But it's just bit of UEFA, and as as we've seen, yeah. Quite recently, UEFA do fuck all about any of this. They don't care. Yeah, oh, hundred percent. It's all about the money. Um, but on that that cheery note, um, just had a thought about my last piece on Nigel. <laughs> Good. Which you Nigel? F- well, do or we just think, the name? Do we think um, Nigel's went the way it's went, the same way that Adolf went the way it's went, because it was associated with an absolute villain? <laughs> I just killed. I just killed the name. Do you reckon that? Do you reckon that's that? As much as I dislike Nigel Farage um, and quite enjoy the comparison you've just made, I think the uh, the atrocities committed by the famous Nigel and the famous Adolf we're talking about. Oh, I'm not. I'm not comparing the atrocities. I'm just <laughs> saying. Do you think? Because when an arsehole is an arsehole, then it, it very much justifies not using the name because you don't want to remind anyone of said arsehole. Yeah, on the, on that level, maybe that's um, maybe maybe that's what it is. But um, any Nigel's yeah. listening, please get in contact and let us know how you feel about your name going going extinct this year. Especially if you're one of our Brazilian followers, because I'd love to hear from a Brazilian Nigel. Oh, but yeah, Nigel. Yeah, I'd love to know that one exists. Um. But yeah, I'm I'm going to read up on that one myself as well. I'd, I'd love to know if that is the true reason why it's fallen apart. Um, yeah, I I have a feeling there might be something else at play, but who knows? Who knows? Well, next week we'll be discussing what our favourite dog names are, and <laughs> and relate name to a character from Home and Away. Um, <laughs> we've, we've somehow I've somehow ended up. We're so I don't know how, but. It always goes a soap slant because any any listeners would have noticed that it was called Steve McFadden last week after Phil Mitchell. We had the week before, well, the last podcast for that was Luke Carpenter's real name. 
Yeah, Tom Oliver. Yeah, Tom I think Oliver's Luke Carpenter army. has been referenced in pretty much every episode so far. Ah, uh, but that's because he manages <laughs> Last Little's <laughs> FC and the, the the soap opera that's going on there. Um, but we'll try we'll try next week to get away from soap references. It's just it's too. Good. I've not even I've, I don't even think I even touched on mate going to see Back to the Future the musical. No, I've, I've heard I heard you loved it though. Yeah, we'll discuss that next week. There's just some <laughs> things that shouldn't be changed. And yeah. There's some things that should be changed, which is me going to see that musical. Um but <laughs> other people loved it. Each their own. Right. Each we're leaving. Own. We're gonna go. The latest update. It's half time. Arsenal won. Crystal Palace now. Palace seem to be coming back in here. Fifty seven percent possession, Andy. Prediction, Arsenal win. Uh, yeah, man of the match, I think, um, will be an Arsenal player. Man of the of the month will be an Arsenal player. Manager of the season will probably be Arteta. Um, so yeah, probably Arsenal all the way with this one. Fair enough. I'm and saying... I'm hoping in saying that that means Palace come back and beat them. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to say two one Palace. There we go. Put it on the line. Yeah. And I'm going to say Rangers three 0 and punchy. And I'm going to say Southampton will win as well, mate. I'll give you yeah, that. two 0 I'm going two 0 All right. Well, it's been a pleasure as always. Give us a like, guys. Share. Remember, you can tweet us at Away Days Pod on Twitter. Anything else to add, Andy? No, I think I think that's it. Summed up nicely. Great. Right, I'm off to watch the bill. See you <laughs> later on. Cheers. Cheerio. Bye. Bye.